starts the next song to greet someone we don't know this morning.
your reflections are for me. It's one of the band's favorites. And um, really listen to the lyrics as we're singing this morning. And let's lift a joyful noise to our God and thank him for everything that he's done for us that we definitely didn't deserve.
declare your rule and reign. My life confess your lordship and glorify your name. Your word it stands eternal. Your kingdom knows no end. Your praise goes on forever and on and on again. No power can stand against you. No curse assault your throne. No one can steal your glory for it. This morning, uh, if you're a guest, please stop by the Welcome Center. We have a gift for you. And for the rest of us here, we want to uh, pass the uh, friendship folders. That's the, my main job. So, uh, Kenny called. In fact, I, I, he just texted me. He's uh, speaking at a church in Ecuador. He's all excited. Uh, he told me to tell you that the whole, camp, the whole group slept at the camp. He had rebuilt this uh, camp they're all excited about. That. They slept there last night. So uh, Kenny said, uh, he called me yesterday, he said the group is doing wonderful, he's very pleased, they're running a children's camp uh, during the day, uh, and then also he's getting into schools, he told me they're in schools every day, like 400, 500, 600, so uh, they're giving the gospel, and it's their last week of school, so there's a lot of uh, freedom there, and uh, he, he's just very thankful. So he, his prayer request to you, or to ask us, is a returning on Tuesday. You just pray that uh, all goes well. And I told the uh, Saturday night and, and the first service, uh, Kenny's a very godly man, but uh, I know what he's worried about. When you fly out of there, there's this mountain you've got to get over. And uh, that's what Kenny's worried about, so pray they make it over the mountain, okay? All righty. Now, on July 8th is a, a movie night. Uh, they're showing the movie Woodlawn, and, uh, of course, we'd like you to bring a friend. The first one I missed, but I heard it was fa- fabulous, and we want to thank you. I, I was telling Al, when I come back, the whole place was cleaned up. I just couldn't get over what a good job everybody did. It was fabulous. So, I don't know, boy, you guys are getting better, better and better. Then, uh, VBS, July 11th through the 15th, uh, this is a great time for our community to uh, have the kids hear the gospel, have a lot of fun, 
And uh, so sign up kids. We always need people. And uh, please pray about that. Sign up to serve. And I, someone wrote on my paper, snack papers in foyer. I think I figured that out. That's for allergies and all that stuff, right? Uh, I didn't figure that out the first service. It's not for allergies. What's that? It's not for allergies. No, it's not for allergies. Okay. It's to bring a snack. If you, oh, oh, that's right. If you can bring a snack, if you'll sign up, and we have a little slip of paper to remind you what you Gee, are bringing. I thought I figured it out. You're close. Thanks, Laura. All right. Okay. I think those are all the announcements. Will your fellows come forward, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to give back a portion of the many blessings you give to us. We pray that you use it for your honor and glory. We just ask these things in your name. Amen.
Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. fun to just I like to listen and I'm bad on words I never was good you know I remember when I was in junior high the Beatles come out you know I didn't know what they were saying but I like the beat though you know and and even today I had so it's good to see the words and listen to them that's a tremendous tremendous words in that song there okay what I want to do is uh, first of all <clears throat> I want to thank you folks for your your support uh, for Ken and Rhonda and uh, during our transition here, I was telling the first service, you know, I, uh, I would, uh, I had to take care of my mom's yard and my yard, so I had to cut a lot of grass. So that was where I had deep prayer. <laughs> it's the only way to get through that, you know. And I'd be thinking about this transition for the last five years, thinking, oh, man, this is going to be tough. And, and I, I, I've been thanking God almost every day how smooth it has gone. And, and I just want to thank you for uh, your support for Ken and Ron and just uh, just uh, praying our way through this, and it's been very 
very thankful to God. Now I'm trying to hold him back. Now he's going crazy on me. Kenny got all kind of ideas, man. Hold on. And, so, and uh, he's just so excited. I know he's speaking at a church in Ecuador. I feel sorry for them. He's going to be all pumped up, man. Okay. Hey, let's turn in your Bibles. I, I'm going to have it on the screen uh, uh, for you. Or I should say the, Diane has it on the screen for you. And uh, I'm going to read out of the NLT. Okay. It's Matthew 4, 1 through 11. We're going to read the whole three temptations, but the, I'm going to focus on the first one in, the, in this message today. Okay, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. Next the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll give this all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him, for the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away, and the angels came and took care of him. Okay, now, this is so interesting. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, we, we see that God seems to take people that he uses through the wilderness constantly. Uh, you see Abraham and, remember Sarah, they, they were childless. Joseph was betrayed. He was in prison. Moses, 40 years in the desert. David, rejected by Saul. And then yeah, he also was in the Judean desert. Daniel, the lion's den, that Job uh, lost his family, his possessions. And, you know, I notice there's a lot of people in our church. In, my, in our Sunday school class, uh, my heart's been burdened lately. They are really going through the ringer. There's some serious, serious issues in families, and in, in, even in my class. And so you guys understand that life is, there's a lot of wilderness experiences. But it's kind of cool, right? right after... Right after he was baptized, if you look in the chronological events in the Bible, right after he was baptized, he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. I never caught that before. It's like the first thing. It's like he's going to begin his public ministry. He's modeling his life for us. So first thing, the Father says, wilderness. Now, he's led by the Spirit. Now, I want to encourage you uh, uh, for today. I uh, from this message, there's two key points I'd like you to get. One is, led of the Spirit. This would be a great prayer request in your blue book. I'd help me, Lord, to be led of the Spirit. I don't think you hear that a lot, or it gets all twisted. What does that mean? Now, I'm not going to try to get into that today, but here's what I'd like you to do. You write down, or you put that in your, in your prayer manual, and try to just practice. Lord, please, let me be led of the Spirit. Now, uh, you know, if we're led by the Spirit, let me just make a little comment there. There should be joy, hope, and peace, right? They're the fruits of the Spirit. And uh, I notice in a lot of older Christians, that's not always the case. You know, I was raised in a Christian home. I was always in church. And uh, I, I've heard it from the day... I can remember 
when I was playing basketball in a neighbor's yard, and th- they were telling us it's the end of the world, you know. And I, it's been the end of the world. I'm 64. I've had 60 end of the world experiences. I can't take it no more. So when I hear people talk like that, I'm like, look, it may be. But I'll tell you what, God is still alive, and I'm going to focus on him. And so I think about our kids in our church. That used to mess with me. So listen, let's encourage these kids. I'm, I mean, listen, they need to see, if we're led of the Spirit, in, in, in our families, in this church, in our work, there ought to be somebody that has joy, hope, and peace, right? So let's get back to the story. Now, Jesus hadn't eaten for 40 days. You know, back back in the seventies, I just we just got married. I just came out of high school, high school, college, and I was you know Mister Know It All, Mister. Uh, we, we in college, you know, you, know, you do a study, and in my case, we we hit the weights. So I thought I was some, you know. So I remember when I just got out of college. We were married a few years. My buddies and I, uh, well, we you know we're doing our thing, but. I, I got word that my dad was sick, and so I thought, well, I'm going to fast. You know? And back, back then, you know, and a lot of people do this. You, you fast for what you want. So that's what I did. I would fast so my dad would get, God would touch his life. Well, I remember I lasted seven days. Now, I'm not trying to press you, but I'm just trying to make a point. I remember I couldn't see straight. You know? And I remember we were going to move from one of my buddies. It was, it was ugly. I, I was so irritable. I, I, I remember I, could, I almost ate the truck. I was so hungry. And, and I remember as soon as we got done, I ate. It was after seven days. It was horrible. And so I can't imagine 40 days. My goodness. Now, I looked on the Internet, medical ramifications. And so after, after 72 hours, your body breaks down muscles and protein. You eventually, your immune system weakens due to lack of vitamins and minerals. Extreme fatigue, mental confusion, extreme hunger, shutdown of vital organs and metabolic functions, anxiety, depression, irritability, hormonal disruption. It just goes on and on. So the bottom line is this. Jesus was starving to death. Okay? Now, Satan shows up when Jesus is tired and weak and extremely vulnerable. Now, remember now, he begins his public ministry to model for us. And isn't that true of our lives? We're vulnerable. This is where we've got to be careful, right? Now, I'm going to read Luke's account of the same few verses. Luke 4, 1 through 4. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus said to him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone. Now, this caught my attention. He returned from the Jordan River. Now, remember, right before he was led of the Spirit, he was baptized by John the Baptist. So this, this is really challenging to me. The first thing he does, he gets, he, the Spirit leads him into this time of wilderness. Now, let Let's think about this. What would be wrong if Jesus made a loaf of bread? Now, in my mind, on the surface, nothing. I'm like, make the bread. You know. Uh, This is so cool to me. So, 
Satan is trying to get Jesus to act on his own, see? See, separate from his relationship with his father, if he can do for himself and not listen to his father, Satan gets him off track. Uh, now, verse 13 of what we read in Matthew, it says, the angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, he, isn't that beautiful that he says, look, I'm not going to trade in what I want for what the Father wants. I was talking to a guy this week, 70, oh, I said 72 years old. Yeah, He was raised in a religious school he, up to eighth grade. He said that the teachers told him to go to heaven, you have to walk the line. You know, you know the deal. He said, I realized I couldn't walk the line. So he says, from fifth grade, he realized if I can't walk the line, I'll just, I might as well have fun. So he said, up till the age 45, he, you know, you know the story, he did it all. He was just talking to me. He, he's, he's very involved in our church, godly man. He said, when I was 45, I, I was broken in my, in my bedroom. He said, I got on my knees, and I said, God, if, there's, if, you're, if you can love me and forgive me, uh, would you please come into my life? And he, he came up to me. Nobody was around. I was glad. <laughs> He's bigger than me. He put his arms around me. He said, Jim, I'm telling you, when I did that, he said, I felt, and he squeezed me. And I was like, he almost killed me. He says, but I felt, he says, I know that's weird. He said, but I felt the arms around me. And he says, I haven't been the same since. And he's 72. And, you know, years ago, I thought that was kind of weird. I had to say that was kind of weird. But I'm beginning to understand that now. This, Jesus did not want to separate from his relationship from his father. And I think, you know, you know when I came to Christ, and I've told people this, I was, I was a young boy, like I think I was six years old, and I just wanted the devil to get whooped. That's all I cared about. You know, I couldn't stand the guy, you know. And so I read, and in, 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 I remember Revelation 20.10. I mean, that's my favorite, that was my favorite verse. I mean, he, Satan comes down. I mean, Jesus comes down, wraps chains around him. He puts him in hell forever and brimstone, you know. And so I said, sign me up. And so I, I signed up to follow Christ because he's a conqueror. Not every young boy wants that. Come on, you know. But what was hard for me is to understand God's love. And just in the last so many years, I, I'm starting to get it. Uh, and it's, it's blowing me away. It's revolutionary. It's, 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 uh, it, it, it changes how you think. Because how can somebody love you like that? You know? I think what helped me was my grandkids. It, it, you know, that kind of wakes you up. You know, it's, it, there's a love there that's unbelievable. You know? I don't know what happened with my kids, but the grandkids. <laughs> John, John 5.19 says this. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. That's, that's unbelievable. So, number one, let's pray. I want to be led of the Spirit. And, and then just the fact of learning about that's worth the challenge. Number two, I, let's pray. Help me to not, excuse me, help me to refuse to act independently of my father, of the heavenly father. Now, Jesus will not fulfill even his most basic need apart from reference to his deepest need. This is really big. He is in complete submission to his heavenly Father. Now, how would it change Jesus if he used his power to meet his own needs? 
he would not experience life the way you and I do. So he wanted to model it. The father wanted to model his son's life for us. See, now this is really deep for my brain. I'm trying to understand this. The power that Jesus would use for himself, it would be only used for himself and not for loving others. That's really deep for me. So he, Satan wants him to take his power, use it for himself, and he talks to the Father. The Father says, no, we love others. That comes first. We, now, that goes real deep. That gets deep in my brain. But see, when that happens, now the power of God is released in your area of influence. Now... You bring God into the workplace. Now you bring God into Kmart, Walmart. You bring God into the reunion. You bring God into your family. You bring God in, in, into your kids, into the grandkids, because you're submitting to the Father. Now, there's a, we all want to make bread. That is legitimate. You can make bread. But if we go to the Father... He may say something else. Now, this, this is so cool. Satan wants Jesus to use his divine power to escape the difficulties of our weak human condition. And that's what he wants you to do. Uh, Since you're the son of God, Satan says, and you've been so nice and loving in becoming a man, go ahead and use your miracle working power to make a delicious loaf of bread. Go ahead. Make the bread. Now, maybe... You're a dad, husband, and since you are a father of your children, why don't you just make your house revolve around you? Since your husband and wife said something mean to you, it's okay to give him or her the silent treatment. I hate that one. I love that thing. I can get. I used to make my kids do ever what I wanted if I had to go to silent treatment. Since you're lonely, tired, and weak, it's okay to do whatever necessary to satisfy your basic desires. You know, my, my wife's a very, as you know, her very sweet, kind person. I'm, I'm working on that. She's starting to get mean, you know, uh, because of me. Uh, we, she always wanted to go on vacation. You, you want to get her ticked off, bring up the word diversion. That was my word. We don't need a vacation. We need a diversion. <laughs> bring, bring that word up, and then you better duck. Because I'd say, we could go to the pirate game. We could go, we could go, you know, we could go work on the house. And so, uh, so vacations were like, oh, you know, you know. So last two weeks ago, we went... Uh, we went down to Sandbridge. I, I think the boobers go there. A lot of you people have been there. And, you know, vac- I'm bad on vacation. You know, it's all about me. And so I, I've been trying to practice this. Now, you have to ask my kids if I'm telling the truth. But I can make bread. You're driving too fast. I don't, what, what are we eating here? How come there's sand all over the house? Why don't somebody run the sweep? Why aren't we eating on time? Well, we're spending too much money. What do you mean we're going to the movies? We got TV right here. This t- this TV has these reclining interachiever movie house in it. 
have every chair reclined, you know. And uh, I think I spent $1,000 on food that day. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But I was talking to God. Just shut your mouth. And I think they had a good time. Just kept my mouth shut. I think they want to go back, you know. And, and it's, I, I've been trying to practice this recently. And it, what, what a great thing. Because really, you know, there's a lot bigger goal than what I want. Now you tell me a bigger goal <clears throat> than your kids living for God. You want to give grandkids living for God. Oh, mercy. And I tell you what, there is not. And I'm not trying to be dramatic, but I'll tell you what, I love power. Who doesn't? You want to talk about power. You listen to the Father. And, you know, what's God say? I was going to, this is, this is, I'm going to read this at the end. God says this. No eye hath seen, no ear hath heard, no mind hath imagined what God <clears throat> has prepared for those who love him. Ooh. All right. I have 13 little ones. It's on. <laughs> it's on. So it's like, I look at that one. All right. No eye hath seen, no ear hath heard, no mind hath imagined what God has prepared. It's not in baseball. It's not in education. It, and, and I'm all for that. But it's in following God. It's like, holy mackerel. That little boy, that little girl, they need somebody who will go to the Father. Now, it's not prayer. It's submitting to the Father. I used to think it was prayer. So I'm going to pray all day. But, but it's submitting to the Father. Okay, now, how would you fill in these blanks? I'm not going to let my bread drive me to blank. Uh, I got a few here. I'm not going to let my loneliness drive me to an inappropriate relationship. Now, you, this is happening way out of hand. You know that. I'm not going to let my desire for vacation drive me to overspend my budget. I'm not going to let my disappointment drive me to gossip. See, Satan wants us to meet our basic need by avoiding a reference to our deepest need. Now, this is hard for me. This is really, it's the submission to the Heavenly Father. Now, the only way we can do that, this is not like a guilt trip for you. It's just a matter of a lifestyle. I'm going to begin to talk to God, help me be led of the Spirit while I'm driving down the road. While I'm talking to somebody, help me be led of the Spirit. Help me to be, help me to, Submit to you, Father. Help me. I, this is unbelievable. God wants to answer those requests. You know, my, my mom just passed away recently. And um, she was in the Mon Valley Care Center. Now, if you know my mom, she's a tough cookie. And uh, uh, when I was a young kid, you know, I'd bring kids in the house. My mom was a type. She's an old uh, typical valley housewife. First thing you do, you feed people, you know. So I'd bring my buddies in. And she'd feed them. And then we'd sit down. And then she'd start. Uh, do you know Jesus? Uh, you know, Jim knows Jesus. And you're like, really, Mother, please. You know? 
So, and then we had, my, my dad made us have devotions every night. Sometimes they'd be outside on the porch. And then you know what happened. Oh, hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Come on over. You know? And so uh, my mom was always about trying to see people come to Christ. And so uh, at, the, at the care center at the last year, she was in a wheelchair. And, and, you know, it's just frustrating for her, you know. And she'd say, Jim, why am I here? And so I'd get down on my knee, I'd put my arm around her, I'd say, Ma, look at me. Here's why you're here. We're going <laughs> to win this place to Christ. I, I says she had to be helped to go to the bathroom. She had to help to fix her teeth. She had to help for bathroom, hair. So I says, when they take you to the bathroom, Mother, you tell them about God. When, you, when they come in to fix your hair, you tell them about God. <laughs> when you eat, you tell them about God. And so she'd go, oh, she could light up. Okay. And it kind of got off her, her uh, pity party, you know. And so, in, in fact, this is the truth. Rick Countryman has a service there every two months now. We go up, Laura sings, Rick gives them the gospel. I try to wrap it up. We have an invite there every day. Uh, I, I go up there and I, I tell stupid jokes and they laugh, you know. And uh, we, it's like a ministry. And see, our wilderness ended up a ministry. And uh, in fact, one of the girls, my mom, her last week or after her stroke, she was just, uh, she wasn't conscious. She was laying there. One of the workers come up and said, Dorothy, I gave my life to Christ. Like you said, you kept telling me. And it really touched me, you know. And it's just amazing how God works. One of the ladies there, she has this pretty ring on. She's in a wheelchair. And uh, I don't want to give away her name, but it, it, it had a letter. And I thought it was a sports team. And she goes, no, that's my nickname. That's the uh, first initial of her nickname. Well, I, I heard one night she was in the ICU. And I never got a chance to talk to her about Christ. So I ran over to the ICU. She's sitting in there. And I, I said her name. I said, has anyone ever explained to you how you can know for sure if you were to uh, meet God tonight that you could have eternal life? She said, no. And, you know, right there, she went over the gospel. And she received Christ. And uh, now she's, she, she made it through that. She's still up at the home. But there's so many people in that home who I feel are in need of Christ. And so I see what God's doing. You know, you see what he's doing. Now, Satan assumes we act as if we're only physical. And Jesus answers by saying humans are physical and spiritual. And, uh, in fact, one of the things I struggle with is the, the term of for, forgiveness. I, I don't know what it is. They're just, I can forgive you. Uh, I cannot, it's hard for me to forgive myself, you know. I, I beat myself up on that, and maybe you do too. Now, the Bible says that I am forgiven. It's just hard to believe. I get, so the other day I come back, we come back from vacation, and I'm up here on a Monday, and then it all hits. Oh, you know how that is. This, is, this will be wrong. It'll be my fault. This isn't right. That's my fault. And I just opened the Bible up to Luke 17. And Jesus is talking to, some, to the disciples. And he, said, he says to, the, to, to them, if your brother offends you and he asks forgiveness, I don't care if it's seven times you forgive him every time, every day. And I thought, wow. Now, I know that. But God let me read that. And just really encourage me. 
Now, there's no sports team that can solve that. There's no degree that can solve that. Because, <laughs> listen, when we play ball, I wasn't that decent. That's decent. But I can encourage you to be better than who you were. So, when you tell me I'm forgiven, look out. I mean, there's nothing I can't do to encourage somebody. I don't care if I'm going through Walmart. I don't care if they're fixing my tire. I don't care if we're building a room. To, to know you're forgiven? No, no. To believe it. We know it. But to believe it. And it's revolutionary. Now, listen. G- Jesus is basically saying, Satan, life does not consist of doing what I want at the moment, but of listening to the words of my heavenly Father. Now, I'm learning a lot about the love of God. You guys are way ahead of me probably in that area. But let me come back to this. And I think young boys need this. Jesus fought the battle as a spirit-filled, word-of-God-filled man. He was a bad dude. And I love telling my my boys, the grand boys, look, here's a bad dude. Here's the baddest dude on the planet. He fought the devil and won by being led of the spirit and by letting the word of God shine the light in his life. Now, there's nothing that tough. So my encouragement to you is, and, and, and I used to, I didn't like my dad for doing it, but it was like, <laughs> oh, I used to love playing ball. He'd say, nah, you're in church. In fact, it, it did, oh. then we had this Tuesday nights, they had child evangelism in the community. Guess where I had to be, you know. And so it was like, in fact, the whole community shut down because the, the Watts boys had to be in church, you know. In fact, if you go in my neighborhood right now, guy's 70 years old. Yeah, I remember, Jim, we couldn't play ball Wednesday nights. By the way, I kept the balls and bats. So ain't nobody, if I ain't playing, nobody was playing, you know. <laughs> they still remember that. I, I go to a funeral now and they'll go, oh, Jim, I remember we couldn't play ball Wednesday night, you know. <laughs> okay, hey, Luke 4.13. Now listen, that whole church thing don't mean a whole lot. What means a lot is if there are people in, the, in your church and, 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 and your family that teach you about Jesus Christ. There's a lot of churches, you, you know, but we really need, and I believe our church does that. Okay, now, Luke 4.13, as we begin to wrap up. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity. So he's, he's really hitting him all the time. Now, I'm going to jump to the cross. Uh, Matthew 27, 39, 43. He's on the cross. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, if you are the Son of God, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. So he is the king of Israel, is he? Let him come down from the cross right now, and we'll believe in him. He trusted God, so let, him, let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Now, here's Jesus on the cross. Now, when I had the teenage group, probably when Kenny was in my youth group, I had this booklet. I have it in my office somewhere. It talks about medically what he went through. Oh, if you, I, I, just, I put that thing away. I never want to read that thing again. I mean, we're talking bone showing. We're talking organs. He was bad. It was bad. He was brutalized. 
And these guys are saying this to Jesus. Satan says, come on, come on, get off the cross. Dear God, that just breaks my heart. I told the first service, if I was on that cross, I'd have nuked them. For, they'd be glowing. I, it would have been ugly, you know. But Jesus says, I, I'm not making bread. I am not making bread. I mean, this, you talk about breaking your heart. I, I, this is unbelievable. He says, no. I can't. I, I've got to save the Watts family. I've got to be there for them. Uh, his love for you and me wins over meeting our basic need and making bread. Here's the result. Victory over sin. My debt is paid. You know, I know that, but not. do I really believe that? Listen, if you believe that, you can't treat your wife the same. Yeah, I got this. Some, I got more energy than 10 kids. I don't know where it comes from. Well, my, my wife just retired, and she's turned into a grandma who bakes and cooks and moves slower and slower. It, it, she's supposed to. But it drives me nuts, you know? And so, you know what I could do? Now, listen, tomorrow, it could happen to me, and I can't move at all. But I constantly have to say, Lord... <laughs> Lord, <laughs> and you know what? It works. Not every time, but it, it works. And, um, and my whole point is this. It's so good because I, I can't fix myself. He can't. I hear guys say, well, that's the way I am. That's a poor excuse for losing your kids, for losing your wife. That's a poor <laughs> that don't cut. That doesn't cut it. Now, I love this. Can you imagine standing before God the Father? And he stands there and you say, you know, he says, my son did this for you. He, he submitted to me. I'm his dad. And you say, you don't believe. Wow. I'm not an apologist, but I like, if I did not believe in the gospel, I, I, I like telling those guys, I'd spend every waking minute disproving the truths of Christ because if they're true, what a downside. And so not only do we get eternal life, the, the best part, I think this part's better, I, and I'm probably wrong, but I like this part. Eternal life never, that made, that made complete sense to me. But he says, not only that, I'll come live with you. If you're, if you're plumbing, I'll be there. If you're teaching, I'll be there. If you're a housewife, I'll be there. I'll be there. That, that I'm getting my arms wrapped around a little bit now. You talk about confidence. My goodness. So, let me close by saying this. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, no man hath heard, no mind hath imagined, what God has prepared for those that love him. I absolutely can't. I just love that. That means I will blow your brains what I'll do spiritually now. Spiritually. 
Penguins might lose. <laughs> Thank God they won. Uh, you know, I love all that stuff. I love, you know, I love when, you know, you know when I get screwed up? Uh, just stupid things, you know, like the house, the chimney. and I, I get crazy. And it was kind of nice. I'm not sure if all that stuff's supposed to be fixed. I can only do what I can. And we'll just go to the Father. Uh, and, 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 and what he tells me to do, we'll do. Because there's a lot bigger fish to fry. You know, we got people in our families. I, I found out I have a cousin. Somebody told a friend of mine, your cousin is sick. And she wants to talk to somebody about God. She went to school with me. I haven't thought about her. I wonder what's more important. Oh, I'm tracking her down. Something will happen here. But I can see. God says, I got big things, man. And, and big things means eternity. Eternity. Now, I'm trying to talk to the older guys in the church. Let's get involved with these kids. Let's get involved with these kids. Let's encourage a kid. Let's encourage a kid. And so let's, let me challenge you as we close, as the musicians come. If God's dealing in your life with maybe you never made a commitment and to believe in what Christ did for you on the cross, make that commitment today. Transfer your trust from trusting in whatever you did to trusting in what Christ did on the cross for you. That would be salvation. If you are a believer and you say, you know what? I've been trying to get my act together so I can live for God. Listen. Just submit to him. Say, I'm going to try to be led by the Spirit. And I want to submit to the willing, the desires of my Heavenly Father. If, if that can challenge you and you want to respond, please do. Turn us open this morning.